Chapter Five of Life and Death of Harriet Freen by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Five. Priscilla's last visit was followed by another passionate vow that she would never marry. Then, within three weeks, she wrote again, telling of her engagement to Robin Lethbridge i haven't known him very long and mamma says it's too soon but he makes me feel as if i had known him all my life i know i said i wouldn't but i couldn't tell i didn't know it would be so different i couldn't have believed that anybody could be so happy you won't mind hattie we can love each other just the same incredible that priscilla who could be so beaten down and crushed by suffering should have risen to such an ecstasy her letters had a swinging lilt a hurried beat like a song bursting a heart beating for joy too fast it would have to be a long engagement robin was in a provincial bank he had his way to make then a year later prissy wrote and told them that robin had got a post in parsons bank in the city he didn't know a soul in london would they be kind to him and let him come to them sometimes on saturdays and sundays he came one sunday harriet had wondered what he would be like and he was tall slender-waisted wide-shouldered he had a square very white forehead his brown hair was parted on one side half curling at the tips above his ears his eyes thin black crystal shining turning showing speckles of brown and grey perfectly set under straight eyebrows laid very black on the white skin his round pouting chin had a dent in it the face in between was thin and irregular the nose straight and serious and rather long in profile with a dip and a rise at three-quarters in full face straight again but shortened his eyes had another meaning deeper and steadier than his fine slender mouth but it was the mouth that made you look at him one arch of the bow was higher than the other now and then it quivered with an uneven sensitive movement of its own she noticed his mouth's little dragging droop at the corners and thought oh you're cross if you're cross with prissy if you make her unhappy but when he caught her looking at him the crossed lips drew back in a sudden white confiding smile and when he spoke she understood why he had been irresistible to priscilla he had come three sundays now four perhaps she had lost count they were all sitting out on the lawn under the cedar suddenly as if he had only just thought of it he said it's extraordinarily good of you to have me oh well her mother said prissy is hattie's greatest friend i suppose that was why you do it he didn't want it to be that he wanted it to be himself himself he was proud he didn't like to owe anything to other people not even to prissy her father smiled at him you must give us time he would never give it or take it you could see him tearing at things in his impatience to know them to make them give themselves up to him at once he came rushing to give himself up all in a minute to make himself known it isn't fair he said i know you so much better than you know me priscilla's always talking about you but you don't know anything about me no we've got all the excitement and the risk sir and of course the risk he liked him she could talk to robin lethbridge as she couldn't talk to connie hancock's young men she wasn't afraid of what he was thinking she was safe with him he belonged to priscilla heaven he liked her because he loved priscilla but he wanted her to like him not because of priscilla but for himself she talked about priscilla i never saw anybody so loving it used to frighten me because you can hurt her so easily yes poor little prissy she's very vulnerable he said 
when priscilla came to stay it was almost painful her eyes clung to him and wouldn't let him go if he left the room she was restless unhappy till he came back she went out for long walks with him and returned silent with a tired beaten look she would lie on the sofa and he would hang over her gazing at her with strained unhappy eyes after she had gone he kept on coming more than ever and he stayed overnight harriet had to walk with him now he wanted to talk to talk about himself endlessly when she looked in the glass she saw a face she didn't know bright-eyed flushed pretty the little arrogant lift had gone as if it had been somebody else's face she asked herself in wonder without rancor why nobody had ever cared for it why why she could see her father looking at her intent as if he wondered and one day her mother said do you think you ought to see so much of robin do you think it's quite fair to prissy oh mamma i wouldn't i haven't i know you couldn't if you would hattie you would always behave beautifully but are you so sure about robin oh he couldn't care for anybody but prissy it's only because he's so safe with me because he knows i don't and he doesn't the wedding day was fixed for july after all they were going to risk it by the middle of june the wedding presents began to come in harriet and robin lethbridge were walking up black's lane the hedges were a white bridal froth of cow's parsley every now and then she swerved aside to pick the red campion he spoke suddenly do you know what a dear little face you have hattie it's so clear and still and it behaves so beautifully does it she thought of prissy's face dark and restless never clear never still you're not a bit like what i expected prissy doesn't know what you are you don't know yourself i know what she is his mouth's uneven quiver beat in and out like a pulse don't talk to me about prissy then he got it out he tore it out of himself he loved her oh robin her fingers loosened in her dismay she went dropping red campion it was no use he said to think about prissy he couldn't marry her he couldn't marry anybody but hattie hattie must marry him you can't say you don't love me hattie no she couldn't say it for it wouldn't be true well then i can't i'd be doing wrong robin i feel all the time as if she belonged to you as if she were married to you but she isn't it isn't the same thing to me it is you can't undo it it would be too dishonourable not half so dishonourable as marrying her when i don't love her yes as long as she loves you she hasn't anybody but you she was so happy so happy think of the cruelty of it think what we should send her back to you think of prissy you don't think of me because it would kill her how about you it can't kill us because we know we love each other nothing can take that from us but i couldn't be happy with her hattie she wears me out she's so restless we couldn't be happy robin we should always be thinking of what we did to her how could we be happy you know how well even if we were we've no right to get our happiness out of her suffering oh hattie why are you so good so good i'm not good it's only there are some things you can't do we couldn't we couldn't no he said at last i don't suppose we could whatever it's like i've got to go through with it he didn't stay that night she was crouching on the floor beside her father her arm thrown across his knees her mother had left them there papa do you know 
your mother told me you've done the right thing you don't think i've been cruel he said i didn't think of him oh no you couldn't do anything else she couldn't she couldn't it was no use thinking about him yet night after night for weeks and months she thought and cried herself to sleep by day she suffered from lizzie's sharp eyes and sarah's brooding pity and connie pennefather's callous married stare only with her father and mother she had peace End of chapter five recording by expatriate in bangor maine